everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Well, here we are. Season 6, Episode 2. Indeed it is. It's like going by so fast. Yeah. Uh, we've already recorded a bunch of episodes and, uh, you know, this is the second one that's going to air. Um and, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. Well, I think it will definitely be interesting. I don't know. Like, even, um, you know, I, I go back and forth on this issue of could I live in a van? Could I not live in a van? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, we're going to be talking today to a guest that uh, has spent five years uh, in this nomadic uh, lifestyle. Interesting. Um, I mean, are you talking like your van, the one that you have now, or like a bigger <laughs> one? Or uh, I I don't know that it's the size of the one I have now, but certainly um, there'd have to be, you know, some amenities. <laughs> uh, you mean for you, like maybe a window, a driver's side window that goes down or? Well, I was thinking more like, you know, a bed and a sink, <laughs> bathroom of some kind. Yeah, and, you know, so like you're, so you're talking like, a, you know, sort of like a fully built, uh, you know, custom Winnebago type thing, almost like an RV. I would be talking about that, except I can't see me driving that. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to have to. I have actually seen, like, the same van that I have. Well, you know, not the exact same one, because it wasn't my van. It's somebody else's. But uh, I have seen that model of van um, transformed. And, you know, so it is possible. Like, I guess that's one thing about this that's fascinating to me, Zeke. Uh, the, the people are so creative with these. Like, the way they uh, can use the space is, uh, I don't know. I, it was stuff I'd never think about. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know, like, I think you put up a poll that said people generally own, like, 300,000 pieces of whatever. And uh, I can't see putting that in a van. <laughs> No, so I think a lot of them probably are minimalist um, or or um, become that way when they decide to embrace the lifestyle. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, I, I want, like, you have to give up certain things in order to, you know, have that lifestyle, I guess, and... Some of it is the convenience of having everything that you need at your fingertips. I mean, I guess you get used to whatever amount of stuff that you have and, 
you keep the important stuff and the unimportant stuff you just don't worry about well you know i'm always striving to be more minimalistic but i mean i have a long way to go like i would right now if i decided to go live the van life i i just have to leave like basically everything you know just take a few clothes like like it's maybe three outfits or something <laughs> you know uh because i mean i i just couldn't choose there's no way that i could like right now um just start getting rid of stuff like that so so you think it would be better just to like leave everything and start over i do i think it's the only way <laughs> <laughs> okay well maybe you should fix the window in the van first <laughs> Well, you know, there's uh, there's a lot to be done uh, if I were to take off on such an adventure. Uh, but we did a poll in our Facebook group, and I, I I would have to say I'm a little bit surprised of the number of people that said they felt that they could live this lifestyle. So yeah, I mean, you know, there's something appealing about it, I guess. Like you know, just living, you know. Uh, like going where you want to go and not having to really, I don't know, I don't know what the, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, just like having the freedom of like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's hot here, so I think I'm going to go somewhere a little cooler, or, you know, it's freezing here, I'm going to go somewhere a little warmer, so. I mean, it's kind of like being a turtle, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Again, you, you just like pick up and take your house and, you know. <laughs> the original nomad. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully nobody runs over you or. Um, yeah. Or, or paints your shell with fingernail polish. Like, I don't know if you used to do that, but. Me personally, uh, well, no. I never yeah. did that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hope that's not um, harmful to the turtles, but we did that all the time. I'm sure um, that I'm sure there's some chemical, you know, issues. No, don't, don't say that. Now I feel like <laughs> so bad, but you know, in my defense, like, I, you know, no one taught me better. <laughs> it could be. Blame it on your parents. <laughs> yes. Well, and I mean, you know, it was creativity coming out. So, but I am sorry, turtles, if that's like bad for you. All right. Well, before we get started, I believe you want to say hello to some of our friends out there. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm doing this thing where I say hi to listeners who speak a different language or uh, live in a different our country so uh i'm going to be we have listeners in mexico i'm going to say uh well my friend jerry so i want to do a shout out to him because he has moved to mexico Hmm. again and um is he living in a van he is not living in a van (laughs) okay Um, living in an airbnb but i don't think it is a van um so but um he you know he's only living in that for like he's moving this week to 
uh, an apartment. So anyways, Ola out there, uh, Jerry, and all the Spanish-speaking friends of the world. So uh, thank you for listening to Backstory Sessions if you're in Mexico. I think you should have said all of that in Spanish. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> you you can feel free to. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know any Spanish. Um, oh, well, hola, say it with me. I mean, I know that and, you know, like, uh, I don't know, I can't think of anything else that I might know at this point. Probably some, you know, things I can't say on the podcast, maybe. But, uh, I, <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> yes, hello to all our Spanish speaking friends out there. Yeah, so, or hola, as you said. <laughs> all I right. mean, that's that's right, isn't it? I, so. I hope so, otherwise, we're looking pretty foolish. <laughs> well, we, we probably are doing that, anyway, so. <laughs> but we do have an interesting episode, and um, I think we should get right into our uh, chat today um, with Gypsy J. All righty, sounds good. Uh, here we go. Gypsy J, welcome to back. Story sessions. We're so excited to have you as a guest today. Well, thank you for having me. So, you have been living in a van for mm-hmm. is it five years? Uh, July twenty eighth will be five years. The first four months, I was actually in a car, uh, okay. but and so I started in my van and or started in a van in December of two thousand seventeen. But July twenty eighth is my nomad anniversary. No anniversary. So, what do you mm-hmm. plan to do to celebrate that? Um, I don't know. I, I haven't done anything on the other ones except just sort of acknowledge it on social media. But uh, get an I oil change. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I did. I turned fifty this year, and it's my five-year no anniversary. So yeah, I probably need to do something. So you definitely do five years. I mean, uh, that's a long time. Yeah, it uh, is. Well, what prompted you to try this out? So let's, you know, go back in time five years. Um, well, you have to go back in time a little more than five years. Um, okay. I, I remember it, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 years old. Uh, I had a 79 Toyota Celica. And, uh, and I remember spending a few nights in it just because I wanted to. Uh, and at that time, thinking I was in Alabama, and I was thinking, you know, I think I'll just drive to Wyoming, get a job on a ranch, and be a cowboy. <laughs> and so it's just, yeah, I mean, my reading my whole life, I've read my entire life, so I've traveled in my mind everywhere. Uh, so that was that was maybe the first time I acknowledged that I'm nomadic. Uh, and then and then it really has come to fruition, like in the last five years, probably the last ten years or so. Um, that I started realizing it and started preparing, started doing, you know, minimizing things, giving stuff away, selling things. Uh, and then what precipitated me to actually get in a vehicle, um, I had this wild ideal for a road trip to see one game in every professional stadium for the five major sports. Uh, and so as I started looking at logistics, obviously one of them is where you sleep. And I had a Ford Ranger at the time, and I thought, you know, I can put a camper on the back of that and just sleep in it. And that would keep my hotel bill down. 
Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and so that was that was my first thought. And so I started investigating and came across this crazy thing called van life. And all of a sudden I started the logistics of it and and just the the benefits. I mean, I don't have to pay rent. I don't you know, I mean there's so many <laughs> things that I don't have to do. Uh and so um that sort of led to really looking at it seriously and then uh living with my best friend and, and teaching her boys and then she met somebody. So uh that looked like it was going somewhere, which it did. They're married today. Uh, and so I started preparing to move out. And uh, at the time, I, you know, I was not, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to like go to uh, and start sinking money into an apartment or something. Uh, so I started looking at my Buick Century. Uh, and every other week when she would go and they would spend the weekend somewhere, um, I would load everything I had into my Buick Century and sleep in the in the driveway. And so that was my test run. So I'd learned where I needed everything. And so uh, July 28th, that was that was a Friday and he was coming to town. And uh, and so I said, OK, this is the day and moved in and spent my first night in a Walmart parking lot uh, in Pensacola, Florida. At 10 o'clock, it was 97 degrees, so <laughs> I walked in and bought me a USB fan just to get through the night, and then we went from there, so anyways, well, after that, that I hope that night, answered your question. <laughs> well, after that night, um, did you feel like inspired to keep going, or did you think like, this is crazy? It, it was like I'd found where I needed to be. I mean, it was, it was really, really a great feeling um i i knew i had a feeling that 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 i would just you know uh, melt into it that it was just you know it was the next phase in my life oh and so that night was yeah it was hot but hey i turned the fan on once the battery ran down i was already asleep i slept through the night woke up the next morning went on about my day and so uh then it was just learning i had a planet fitness um uh, membership and so i could go get a shower and work out and you know there's there was two bookstores and um, new numerous libraries in town so i always had somewhere to hang out or or i would hang out at a at a restaurant or, you know fast food place somewhere where i could plug in or get wi-fi so i just yeah i just it, it, it was just natural it just made sense Oh, and then I, you know, from that point, then I was like, okay, what I'm going to do next. So I started looking at, I guess I'll take some road trips because I was still teaching the boys. Oh, and so I still, you know, I still had to, you know, every day I had to clean out a spot for them to sit and everything. So, (laughs) um, it was, it was, it was, it was interesting for a little while, but, uh, but then I started taking road trips whenever I would have time and, and just fell in love with that. And so, there we go. Uh, I, but I did. I just knew it was for me. So, so uh, after that first night in the Walmart parking lot, um, mm-hmm. did you just keep going back to that Walmart or? Well, here here is the interesting thing. Um, you know, I, I was staying in Pensacola because oh, that was where the boys were, and that was my job at the time was homeschooling them, and so I was staying there. Um, and I literally the first year did something you probably I probably don't recommend to nomads and if you have any of them listening they will laugh at this I literally slept the first year in the same parking space all year long like I would leave all all during the day and then would come back but because I had a regular vehicle 
you know, I just had my car, and then even, you know, four months later when I bought the van, it was a Ford Windstar. It just looked like a minivan uh, and didn't have anything on it that, that made it look like something else. Oh, uh, and so I part, I, I think everybody just thought I worked overnight shift or whatever. So, sure. but literally the same parking spot. Uh, and then my second year, I was like, you know, I probably need to start moving around. So it was still mainly the same parking uh, Walmart, but I would move to different spots in Walmart. Sometimes I would sleep at Planet Fitness or Whataburger, and I f- found a few quiet residential streets that I could get to where I wasn't uh, in anybody's way. And so, uh, but yeah, that that's where I was at the rest of the time. Probably another little over, t- uh, another a little. Well, I think I was in Pensacola a little over two years. So. So, uh, did uh, your friends, uh, family think that, you know, this was a great idea? Um, did, did anyone think it was a bad idea? What was the feedback, or did you get any? Well, Kat, um, I moved into my, my car July 28th. Um, Thanksgiving, everybody was doing their what I'm thankful for videos on, on social media. So I decided, here we go. And I made a, I think it was a six part, seven part, something like that video about me living in my car and, and the things I was thankful because of that. Uh, and it was, you know, I was just thankful for living in a place where I had the freedom to do that. Uh, thankful for having access to places because I would go to Miller's L House and watch the football games every Saturday. And <laughs> so I just, I talked about having access to things instead of having to own things. Uh, and so um, after I posted that, uh, and I did like call my mama and give her a, a mini heads up before I posted it. Um, then my mama found me a minivan. She was like, you're not going to be in a car anymore. So she, her and pop <laughs> found me a minivan. Uh, but most of my friends were just like, you know, that's just JB and J. I mean, you know, that's just, that's just this dude doing what he does, you know, and, and, and every, every bit of feedback I got, you know, I mean, I, because even I said in the videos though, Hey, listen, I'm not homeless. I'm not destitute. I'm doing this by choice. Oh, this is where I want to be in my life. Oh, and ever, you know, I mean, my friends know me and, and the ones that didn't know me that well, fortunately they just didn't say a whole lot. And so, I think then they they kept following along and watching it, and I've had nothing but positive feedback. I don't think I've had, I had one cousin that didn't quite understand to start with, but she was younger and just didn't understand how do you not live in a house. And so I, you know, I spent a little bit of time communicating with her and explaining it. But other than that, there wasn't really anybody was like, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? What, you know, you're on the streets or anything. (laughs) Most everybody was just like, you know, hey, that's cool. You know, go do your thing. So. (laughs) you need mental help (laughs) exactly exactly you know well and 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 the other thing and i think this is this is big um if if you if you follow me on my my social media you find out really quick i'm very transparent um when i have a bad day you know i had a bad day oh when i'm when i'm fighting the funk which is you know when the darkness is coming in or whatever phrase you want to put on it uh because we all have mental health battles right um and when i'm battling mine i you know i i i may disappear for a little bit but usually i post oh, a little bit about it and people know and and so you know so i don't think anybody really felt like it was a mental health issue oh my goodness he's out, out on the streets because right. you know he's having problems because they would have known beforehand and so uh it's it's just 
like I said, it's been very positive. Uh, plus, you know, probably six months to a year before that, I had begun following a lot of people that were um, nomadic, and so and so I had made some friends in the community, and so uh, that helped as, as well. You know, I mean, they were just like, "Hey, go for it. You're good to go." So. Hmm. So you you said that your um, your mom and dad um, got the ba- a band for you. Is that the same band that you have now? It is not. Oh, they they are, they found me a Ford Windstar, uh, nineteen ninety nine Ford Windstar, and uh, and so I I moved into that in December. And really, the only thing I did to it was I took out the back seat, slept on the floor. Um, you know, had all of my stuff just sort of piled up around me. I had to keep the first back seat in uh, because I still had the two boys that I was transporting whenever I would homeschool them. Um, so I, you know, I, I kept that in there. And then about, uh, I guess it was September of the next year. So September of 2018, I actually built a bed platform and, and created, you know, I actually did a little bit of a van build in it. Um, and then, and I kept that uh, van. So I got it December of 2017. And I kept that until uh, 2020, uh, June of 2020. Um, I got an opportunity well back up just a second 2017 one of my road trips i took was i got to chattanooga and i posted in a facebook camping group hey i don't know if i want to go up the east coast or the kentucky and i had a lady that i had been talking to on in the comments that we had just clicked we were just buddies oh i said hey i'm working at a koa up here in uh, kentucky in louisville you come up here i find you a flat spot to park and i was like i'm on my way so (laughs) uh, so i explored kentucky a little bit and uh and spent that time so fast forward to 2020 june she had moved on and was working in niagara falls at a, at a koa and as we know 2020 was the covid year and uh and so it had been shut down and several of their workers had found other jobs so she texted me and said hey are you ready to go camping i said i'm always ready to go camping oh uh, and she said no i mean do you want to come up and work we need help and I, and my background is retail management um, and so working the front desk somewhere, you know, and at the time I was actually working the third shift at a hotel, uh, Comfort Inn, Jasper, Alabama, go stay there if you get a chance. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but, uh, sorry, I just had to plug that yeah, a little bit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I went on, I went up there and, uh, and spent, um, spent the summer working there. But when I got the interview, the next morning I went to the hotel and they knew that I was nomadic. They, you know, they knew they, they had a little bit of a connection with my family. So they knew who I was even when I started working there. So I was like, Hey, you know, I've got this job, da, da, da. but on the way there, my van started making noises. Oh, uh, and we all know that feeling of, Oh mm-hmm. boy. And so I went straight from there to the mechanic and he gave me five or six things. It could be. And I'm like, dude, I got to be in New York in 12 in, 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 in uh, 14 days. I don't have time to, what it could be and so i was like what am i going to do so the next night um i'm going to tell him myself as i was working i a third shift you don't have to do a whole lot and jasper's a sleepy little town so i spent a lot of time researching vans oh uh, during my <laughs> shift and um and found and and that's that little town there oh uh, actually has 
several car lots and so i found several of them and then the next morning got off work and i just started at one end of the town and just hit every car lot and drove a few vans and had one in mind but it was actually at the other end of town so then i pull into the car lot right next to it on ford place drive around they had some sprinters for 25 thou and all this other stuff and i was like okay that may be the dream somewhere down the road but mm. that is not where i'm at right now and so uh so i was about to leave and happened to uh, you know the the sales manager happened to walk up uh, to my window and he said hey what you looking for and so i explained to him what i was going to do and i you know it didn't really matter what it looked like interior long it had good bones and and good mechanics or uh, good good engine and all that good stuff and uh and he said mm, well and the week two weeks before that they had had a guy come down buy a sprinter van and was went to Florida to his parents' house and rebuilt it, uh, and was building the inside and had sent them pictures. So they knew exactly the lifestyle that I was looking at, which was just I don't know uh, serendipitous or whatever. And right. so, so there I am, you know. And he goes, I think I have something. I said, dude, I just drove around your entire parking lot. I know you don't have anything. He said, just sit in the office for just a minute so i pulled i sat in the office and was talking and actually was looking at the pictures and talking to the salesperson you know that had sold the other van and all of a sudden he pulls around in a uh, 2005 ford e350 um and it uh had a deck on a small deck on top it was a weather chasing van from a tv station oh awesome. uh, it it still had the satellite on top it still had a, <laughs> all the wiring and everything inside so he he walked in he said are you sure you're okay with tearing everything out i said dude if you can make my price i want that deck i want that rooftop deck i said let's <laughs> let's go look at it so uh so i went out i mean immediately i knew that this is my vehicle so i went out and looked at it and, you know drove it a little bit Oh uh, yeah, it, it had it had still had the partitions in the in the middle with all the electronics and mm. uh, still had the pneumatic pump. It still had the mast, the 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 500 or oh I forget how tall it was, but anyways, it still had the mast, the telescoping mast in the middle of it, right. uh, which was a booger to get out by the way. <laughs> uh, but uh, but anyways, it was uh, so it had all of that still in it. It still had the satellite on top. But I drove it, and I was like, okay, yeah, I, you know, I like this. We negotiated on a price, and um, and then I drove Dorothy home. So I named her Dorothy before I ever <laughs> left. I actually named her Dorothy before I bought her. I was just like, hey, Mom and Dad, you know, y'all want to come up here and look at this, make sure I'm not you know, going crazy because I'm about to buy Dorothy. Uh, and they were just like, who is Dorothy? You know, so uh, so anyways, um, so that is that is my van. Um and then spent a summer in in, in Niagara Falls without insulation. Uh, oh, basically, Lord. all I had in, in two weeks, I just ripped everything out of it. Uh, built a little small bed platform, which I actually rebuilt the first, you know two weeks after I got to, to Niagara Falls. Uh, but uh, and put a little desk that, that we had sitting around and a mini fridge because I knew I would have a full hookup site, so I would have power. Mm -hmm. So I, that's all I had in it. Um, and then and then just plywood on the on the bare walls. And so uh, so I get there. The summer wasn't that bad. It was a hot summer, but it wasn't that bad. You know the the breeze and the fans kept me cool, no problem. But September and October in in Niagara Falls is yeah. cold. Um, so there were mornings I woke up with snow on the ground. And so um, so it got cold in my van, and I decided I needed to do something. So I went back south 
uh, to my folks' house for the for the winter of uh, 2021 or 2020 2021, and um, and completely ripped her down to metal. Uh, took out the the, the uh, generator box because they didn't have a generator. Of course, they they took the generator right. uh, before they sold it to the to the uh, to the car lot. But I took the box out, took the instrument panel off the wall, had to fill in those two holes, uh, completely rebuilt it from the floor up, put thin slit insulation in, put wall you know wood panel walls in, um, created my roof out of a a. Um, uh, a reed fencing that you can get at Home Depot, and and I just, you know, I just, it's home now. Um, you know, I have to send some pictures for y'all. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it, it's you know she's home, and so uh, so yeah, I, I completely rebuilt her uh, from from metal, uh, all the way from from bare metal, and uh, and I'm very proud of her, and uh, and she's been good to me. So since 2020, I have been in in Dorothy. So. Um. So you said that you went back to where your um, parents were um, yes. where you stayed or did you I, I did I did because I was completely I like I said I completely ripped everything out so I stayed with them uh, you know they're amazing people uh, I have the best parents in the world uh, gave me a very strong uh, my sister and I both graduated from the same high school my parents graduated from so a little small town in Alabama called Cordova um and it is it is just an amazing place uh, to grow up and uh and they gave me a very good they gave me a lot of roots um you know they gave me but they also gave me wings they always taught me to think for myself uh, and we don't agree on everything uh but uh they taught me to to just to just follow my heart follow my dreams uh, and so they've been nothing but supportive um and so anytime i do need a, a place or whatever that is that is where my home you know residency is and uh and so they are they are my they are, they are my rocks uh definitely uh love you mama love you pop <laughs> yeah um so you didn't move around a lot as a child or anything like that you you had that stable place pretty much pretty much i mean we we spent a couple of years in south mississippi that's where i learned to talk so part of this accent comes from there uh but uh i you know we spent a couple of years there when i was really small uh and then we were back to cordova uh and so we lived in a couple of different places in cordova the majority of time was up on the hill uh, near the elementary school and then like my freshman year I think in high school we moved down to where my mom and dad still lives to this day uh, and so yeah yeah very very stable uh, went to school with the same kids graduated with a very small class of 55 and about 41 of us went to school together from first grade on so wow. I mean it was just yeah it was it was that kind of thing you know just you know small town Alabama country I always lived in the town but I had friends that lived out in the country so uh, so yeah, it was it was a very um, stable stable place. Uh, so you know maybe that's part of it. But like I said, I mean, you know, I've read my whole life. I think that's where wanting to see different places came from. And the nomadic spirit was in me when when like I said, when I was 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. Uh, I knew okay, you know, love this town, love my upbringing but i'm going somewhere i'm going to go see places and so was just wasn't sure it took me a, a you know a, 
uh, it took me an 18 year marriage and a few things to figure out uh, exactly how I was going to do that. It took me a, a few years as a beach bum in Florida, um, which I guess technically was my first uh, my first uh, venture out into uh, being nomadic. Um, and so, but yeah, yeah, it, it's it's just been amazing. Yeah, I, I do. I, I will tell you, I'm the first to admit I lived. A, I have lived a charmed life. Uh, very middle class. Didn't have a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, mom and dad did everything they could for my sister and I. But uh, but live. I have lived a great life, and maybe that's part of the reason that I just feel like wherever I land, I land on my feet. So. Uh, so, you, when you were married. Um... Mm-hmm. Were you living in a house or? Yes, yes, we bought a house and lived uh, in that house up until uh, I got a promotion to go to Jackson, Mississippi um, and went there and then came back and we decided we had sold the house at that point uh, and then decided to uh, to move to Coleman, Alabama, a little north of Birmingham because uh, I had a friend there and, uh, and so lived there and, and I bounced around, finally got into on retail management and did that for 11 12 years something like that in different different stores oh and then oh and then we went you know went through the divorce and um a year of separation and then it was final and then that was 2013 in may and january 2014 i was living with my toes in the sand in destin florida And what was that like? Um, you know, that was amazing. <laughs> that was, am- <laughs> and I was out now. Even then, I was in an apartment, so I mean, I still was sticks and bricks. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was amazing. There were times I would be on the sand, out in the middle of nowhere on a beach and i would just be like there is nobody on the planet knows where i am right now <laughs> and uh and and it was it was a very freeing uh experience and and it was and i love my golf i mean that i don't care what y'all call it i don't care what y'all think about it but it's my golf and i absolutely love it um you know and so it, it's it's been it was it was very beneficial to me uh went through a lot of personal growth uh, during the, the five years, I went from 2014, I moved back in the end of 2019, um, but uh, but moved away from Florida. Uh, but uh, but yeah, up until then, I, I it, it was it was a it was a very much needed time in my life. It has shaped me into the, the human being that I am now. Uh, and I actually was thinking driving here because uh, I had to go get groceries this morning and driving back to my campground uh, just this morning. Uh, I got here in, in February. I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I was just driving back thinking, you know, you're not even the same human being you were in, in February. Uh, and, and I'm not. You know, my, I'm, I'm, I've grown. And that's that's part of this journey is is just personal growth. Oh, uh, and so and part of not having to to not having to take a job with a certain amount of money to pay all the bills for a house that I'm not at except to sleep and all that stuff that goes with that and, and for a vehicle that sits in the driveway and all, all of those things that oh, that is typical. Oh, and, and hey, I don't have a problem if that's what works for you. That's that's my thing is, you know, you do what works for you. I do what works for me and we'll both be happy for each other. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's part of this has been been a, a very intense personal growth as well. So where are you now? 
I am in Tucson, Arizona. I'm as far west as I've ever been. Wow. So uh, what drove you to there? Like, what was the appeal of? I am as far west as I've ever. No, um, actually, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I worked at I worked at Niagara Falls, and then the next I, the next winter, like I said, I rebuilt Dorothy. Oh, uh, and then that spring, I went and worked at Louisville, Kentucky, for at the same campground I had stayed at, which introduced me to KOA. Uh, wow. and I worked there for a month. Oh, uh, and then I uh, moved on from there to Galveston, Texas, and spent last summer in Galveston, Texas. Um, and then stayed with uh, with a friend in Houston during the winter, uh, and then uh, got this. Well, I actually had a couple of different offers. Uh, one, I was going to stay. And by the way, yeah, Galveston is still on my golf. It's just the other side of my golf. So, um, so I've been. I took a road trip to Tampa. So I've been basically from Tampa all the way through Destin, and and I, I've just about entirely circled the golf. Um, but, uh, but anyways, I, I would, you know, got the offer, uh, to go on down to South Padre, which I visited. Um, and then I had an offer here at Tucson and, uh, and a couple of things really is why I came here. One, I'd always done retail management and front desk, uh, but also my background, I've always coached kids. I don't have any biological kids. Uh, my ex-wife is, is older than me, but I have, all, I have, uh, uh, stepchildren and step-grandchildren and the step-grandchildren are like my babies they're my kids logan and Rhonda, i love y'all uh, and so uh so they they are like my kids and so uh, but that gave me uh, a little opportunity to coach a lot of kids and 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 i've homeschooled and helped raise and different things kids oh uh, and so um so i had a lot of activity background and some of the things I've done, starting a soccer league and running it for three years and different things. But it's not on my resume. My resume is basically retail management, front desk, that kind of thing. Uh, so, And that was the offer I had in South Padre. And it really was hard to turn that down because I wanted to stay at my golf. And I absolutely love South Padre. I recommend it if you ever want to take a vacation. Uh, but, but I'd never – when I got into this – Oh, that 18, 19 year old that wanted to go to Wyoming, oh, wanted to go west. And so when I got into nomad uh, lifestyle, that's what I wanted was to explore west. And so when this opportunity as a recreation director came up, it was something different. And it was something that I could, you know, use sort of the things that I that weren't on my resume, but things that I had experience in uh, to be able to come out and, and do that. Plus, again, I'm farther west than I've ever been. So, you know, that was that was the motivation to come here. So plus and I will tell you. The dry weather, oh my goodness! You don't have to you don't have to wipe your golf cart off in the morning because it's covered in dew. It is amazing, amazing. And you don't have to wake up with like four inches of snow on the ground like Niagara Falls. Well, and that's the that that's the other side of it, exactly. You know, I, I my my goal when I got in was to chase seventy five degree weather. Well. We have been over a hundred several days in just the last few weeks, so I didn't quite. I'm not quite hitting the 75 degree weather right now, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm good with where I'm at. So, so let's talk a little bit about the day to day. So, like, you know, how do you take a shower? How do you do laundry, um, bathroom, like all those basic day to day things? Okay, um, so let me ask you a question. When you're out shopping, where do you go to the bathroom? 
Um, <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> yeah, but if but if you if you have to, you just go to one of the public restrooms. That is that is the beauty of access in our country is we have access to different things and like you know and then like I mentioned earlier, I had a Planet Fitness gym membership. So before now that I'm a campground, it's a little different. And I'll get to that in a minute. But before, when I was literally living, uh, you know, uh, sleeping at the Walmart, uh, I was also, you know, the Books a Million, the Barnes and Noble, one of the restaurants. You know, I could always use the restroom there. Planet Fitness, I would get my showers there. Um, you know, I could shop wherever I wanted to. Oh, you know, I'd sit and read, you know, or, or spend time at, at, you know, one of the libraries, um, you know, writing or whatever I was doing at the time. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle of access, uh, versus ownership. Uh, and so you have a lot of access to be able to, to, to go out and do things, um, that you don't think of when you own those things. Um, and, and so when you own those things, it's just like, well, everybody owns those things, but you know, it, 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 there's a trade-off in your time and in your finances to own those things. Oh, so it is, it is a little different. Oh, but now I'm in campgrounds. So now I have a full hookup. So I have a power uh, to my vehicle, uh, which I still just run off the, the campground shore power. I don't have solar and all that stuff yet. Uh, that's part of what I'm going to do this year is, is outfit Dorothy to where she can go and boondock. Uh, which is a big word uh, in the, the nomadic commun- community, be able to go where I don't have to hook into things. Um, but, uh, you know, so I have water and power. And so, uh, you know, I have restrooms here. I have shower houses, uh, sh- you know, so I can go to the bathhouse and, and, and take a shower. Uh, I actually have a laundry here. Uh, when I was before, I would just go to a laundromat and do my laundry. Uh, but I do have laundry here. So, uh, so all the basic things that you have in your house, I have access to. Okay. Um, during COVID, did any of that change? Um, I was, when, when, when COVID came about in you know, January, February, March of 2020, uh, at the time I was living with my parents because my granddaughter was graduating uh, that, fall, that spring and I didn't want to be out of pocket. So I decided, okay, I'll go there. You know, I'll, I'll work on my van a little bit because at that point I was no longer teaching the boys. So I was taking out the back seat and I had you know different plans for my van that ended up going put uh but anyways oh so i had you know so i was spending some time there worked at the hotel so that was the beginning of it um and then i went from there to working at niagara falls so i've pretty much been in campground since then oh and during my travels sometimes i'll stay overnight and i haven't really noticed anything i mean you know just to be honest with you this lifestyle is probably the most socially distanced lifestyle you can come up with oh so i mean you know you are literally in your own vehicle uh, that you know everything that's in here and and it you know takes me a whole lot less time to clean uh, than to clean your entire house uh, so it is it is one of those things where you know I know COVID affected travel for some people that were full-time road warriors uh, and I and I understand that um, and we and, and, and in the community there was there was oh, different people that started doing some homesteads and and different things like that because of that um but uh but even then most of them you know most of them still 
are on the road. You know, I have a I have a really good old Instagram friend that uh, that bought a house recently, uh, but still has the van. And so uh, so uh, she she lives in the house with her dogs, but she recently went and ran a ultra marathon. Yo, Holly. Uh, and uh, if yeah. something, if I'm running, kill whatever's chasing me. I like to walk, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not much on the running stuff. Uh, but um, but anyways, uh, you know. But she she lived in her van, meaning that when she went to the race, she the, the stops along the way was in her van. Uh, and then she went and she stayed in the van before she ran the race. And so it was one of the, you know. I mean, that's that's a lot of people have adjusted. The lifestyle based upon what happened with with the pandemic but not oh yeah you know i, I and and actually the rv world exploded oh the campground world exploded because all of a sudden people didn't want to go into hotels they would rather have a vehicle that they could clean uh, even if they rented the van, that they could clean from top to bottom and then know, okay, I'm safe in here with my family. Uh, so, and then in New York, they, they put like, I don't know, 30 something states on the no, come, don't come here list uh, that you would have to quarantine when you went there. Uh, so that summer of 2020, we had a lot of New Yorkers who couldn't travel out of state that was renting vans and coming to campgrounds. And so, um, so, it's it's the lifestyle itself i think it got introduced to a lot of people during covid uh even though it may have made it a little bit more difficult for others um you know but um you know i know a lot of people that were they were going to campgrounds because maybe they couldn't boondock quite as easily uh and then other ones that just went into the woods i mean they were just like all right we're done with this y'all are crazy i don't know what all this stuff is that's going on so I'm going to find me a place by a lake, you know, and so they did, you know, I mean, it was, so I, I think Nomads probably had a lot um, better opportunity to weather the storm uh, than even people in sticks and bricks who were sort of stuck in your four walls. So, sure. That's my opinion, completely my opinion. You know, it's, it, I, I, I say this is not the opinion of Cat and Matt. This is, so. <laughs> So five years into this, almost, um, you know, what has not gone as you expected? What's um, different than you thought it would be? Hmm. One of the things I love about this lifestyle is the constant problem solving. I mean, you're you're constantly having to figure stuff out. Um. And so I don't know that I really have anything. And I'm not trying to glorify it at all. Uh, it works for me. Life choices I've made through the years, it gives me an opportunity. You know, I have an opportunity to do this. Uh, but I, I really, I mean, you know, I, you know my, my minivan, you know, I bought it in, in February, I mean, uh, December, and the engine blew up in March. And so I had to have a, my engine replaced. So, I mean, that was, I guess, a hiccup in the in the process. But uh, um, fortunately, I had a, a few friends there in Pensacola that I could couch surf until I got through. Uh, but uh, I really, I, I don't know. I don't really think that there's been anything yet that has just been you know maybe part of it was the research i did and following other people's lives and i knew sort of what to expect um maybe the other thing is i'm just a chill dude that just goes with the flow so 
I, you know, maybe I don't recognize sometimes if it's something that, that should bother me. Oh, I just go, okay, so what is it and what do I got to do to fix it? You know, what do I, how do I figure it out? Oh, and, and which is, which is, you know, and, and every, any nomad will tell you, which is the, the lifestyle basically, you know, it is a lifestyle of figuring stuff out. Oh, and, and that's, you know, that definitely is mentally stimulating. Oh, you know, when you're, when your mind is constantly, I mean, I, you know, I could, I could name tons of things that I need and want to do right now on Dorothy. Um, but yeah, I can live the way I am very comfortably, uh, without having to do those things. However, if something does break, you just figure it out. I mean, you know, you just, you know, when you live in this small of a space, you don't have a lot of just in case stuff laying around most things need to serve a couple of different purposes um and so you know you either have to go buy something if something breaks um or you you just figure out how to use something else that functions that way until you get to that place so i i don't i don't know i mean you stumped me on that one because i really don't have anything (laughs) where i would say you know i mean maybe the only thing would have been you know, the first morning I woke up in, in Niagara Falls and there was snow on the ground, I thought, okay, <laughs> I'm a southern boy. I've seen this stuff, but it melts in a day, and this doesn't look like it's going away. For a bit. So uh, maybe maybe that was a, was a little bit of a hiccup. But, uh, but even then, I just went back in the van and put on every stitch of clothing that I had. Oh, and came back out and worked, you know, <laughs> I literally had like four or five layers on that day, but you know, that just, that, that might, that might be because I grew up in the South and the blood was just thin. Either way. <laughs> so if you met someone that, um, you wanted to have a relationship with, um, do you think that van life would work? I mean, could you, could you tolerate? being with someone in the van forever relationships are a fun thing um meaning that if i met someone that was that was of a mind either already nomadic or of a mind to be nomadic we would figure it out i mean you know the thing i think the i think the 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 one of the biggest misconceptions from sticks and bricks to nomad van life is how much time you spend inside the walls um because sticks and bricks you spend a lot of time inside your walls oh whereas and some people are very outdoorsy and so they don't and i and I, i i get that so i'm not doing a complete blanket statement but in van life the majority of people are outdoors and it may not mean that they're outdoors hiking and fishing and doing a lot of different things but they typically don't spend unless the weather's bad or there's a reason they typically don't spend all the time sitting in their van i probably spend more time sitting in my van because i just love it and i have my doors open and the wind's coming through (laughs) and and i you know i can sit here and read or or you know stream a movie or or whatever um 
and you know I cook a lot of times in my van even though I have access to cook outside I can carry my stove and cook outside and and uh, you know so I, I but I enjoy it I mean it's, it's my sanctuary uh, so I do spend some time even though I am you know an outdoors person but the majority of van lifers van dwellers um, spend a lot of their time outside the van uh, so I say that to say if you're in a relationship with somebody there will be times you have to learn okay i got to move here you got to move there i need to get there so we got to do this so you have to learn those logistics or whatever uh, but it's not um it, it, it's it's not like you're going to be stuck in that small space all that time um you know and then i have a friend uh, i have a, a couple that i know that when they went to buy their rv uh, when they decided to go full time, her thing, one of her non-negotiables was a door on the bedroom because she says, "When I get tired of him, I need a door to slam and then separate <laughs> us." So you also figure that stuff. Now they've been they've been married for many many years before that, so that wasn't you know, but that was one of her non-negotiables. We have to have a door on the bedroom. Period. So <laughs> we can't buy we can't buy it without it. Uh, and so, and so, you, you everybody is different. I've not had a relationship living with a person in the van. I've took a couple of vacations, a couple of trips uh, with someone in the van, and you figure it out. And it, it is, I mean, it is small when you need this and that, and it's on the other side of the van. You have to negotiate yourself around each other. Oh, uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if if I met somebody that was van life inclined whether they were doing it already or not, um, we would figure that out. I, I'm not worried about that. If I met somebody that was not van life inclined, um, that, that had their own place or wanted to, to, to go to do their own place, dude, I, I have been single for a while. Uh, I, love, um, I love companionship. So I am much more about what is your values and do they line up with my values? than I am about living in a van or living in a sticks and bricks. Uh, so if if for whatever reason, oh, you know, I met somebody in a sticks and bricks and decided, uh, you know, that we wanted to have a relationship, yeah, I, I would come off the road. Uh, and uh, now I may not get rid of Dorothy because we may still take adventures. Um, you know, but right. but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I would come off the road and we would have, you know, we would we would be happy together and uh, and go from there. Oh, now I tell you, I do have a nomadic spirit. I do feel like, and I'm going to say this: I feel like America is is we're founded by nomads. I feel like America's spirit, the American spirit, is a nomadic spirit. It's always asking the question, "What's over that mountain?" Let's go find out what's over that mountain. I mean, the people that came here and the exploration through the West, and even in every industry. That, that America has been in or be, or created or become the leader of, uh, it's always been the mindset of what's next, what's over there, what can we do here. So it's it is, and that's basically what the nomadic spirit is. It's basically a spirit of you know finding oh uh, what's next and finding what's over there and exploring what that is. I mean that's that's what you know gypsies and nomads and that's what we do. Uh, is is we're just looking for the next adventure. Um, you know, looking for the next experience, and so that won't change. That will still be something that, uh, that for any partner or companion that I find, uh, that will be a. I will be looking for that kindred spirit in that sense. 
uh, somebody that is willing to have adventures uh, and willing to willing to travel and willing to see places and willing to have experiences more so than material things. Right. Um, so I have a list of some, I guess people would say the what they perceive as the negative side of mm-hmm. van life. But before I get into those, Matt, I wanted to see um, if you had any any questions about the story so far. It's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it is really interesting. Um, I think the questions that I had were going to be, you know, what are the downsides? And you're going to get into that. So, um, Okay. Well, and, and you may find that these have not um, been things you've experienced or they're not negatives to you. But... Um, you can just give us a little insight into how you see them. Uh, I guess the first one is kind of like inspired from the pandemic of um, there just not being any place to stockpile things. So, um, you, you know, with people being isolated or quarantined and uh, needing like to have a food supply or toilet mm-hmm. paper, I know is a big item people you know, mm-hmm. stockpiled. So, um, has that been a problem for you or is that a negative side to van life? Yeah, I can't speak to it from experience because at the beginning of the pandemic, I was living, oh, in a sticks and bricks, oh, for a few months and then moved into a campground where I always had access to everything. And by then, you could still go to the store, you would wear your mask, you would social distance, uh, show up at the, at the right times, those kind of things. Um, so so I, I really can't speak to that from experience. Um, I do know that if, in, in, in most cases, uh, a lot of people that are, are nomadic and van life and so forth, um, and, and in a lot of cases, we, we have the minimum. So we may have room more room than you would think you know it may be a little different you may have to move it out of the driver's seat in order to be able to get there you know your two or three cases of of toilet paper may have to get moved when you go to drive but you're not sleeping in the bed now so you just move it from the driver's seat to the bed and then you jump in the driver's seat so uh so i mean a lot of times there is that um you know the shutting down of the stores i'm sure was very difficult oh because it was very difficult for anybody uh, so that would that way I could see that as being difficult for people that were nomadic, uh, you know, trying to find, you know, the, the, the foods and the, and the things that they needed to continue. Oh, uh, but, you know, but I mean, you, you know, already you will learn in the van life community how you poop is a regular discussion. Like, do you have a bucket? Do you have a bathroom? Whatever. So that that's that's just normal everyday talk. Oh, uh, and so if you don't have toilet paper, um, you know there are other options. You know you can always go dig a dig a hole. Oh, uh, and then the other thing is instead of having a consumable thing like toilet paper, you know you go dig a hole in the woods and you you do your business. Oh, uh, and you use a a rag and you clean yourself off and then you wash the rag. And you reuse the rag instead of having to have toilet paper that you throw away. Um, so there, there's some things with you know conservationism and everything. Uh, it's it's a life that you know that you learn and you figure stuff out. And again, that's why I said you, you figure stuff out. You know, so 
that, you know, I mean, I, I don't remember having a ton of, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Uh, except initially. And then once you got into it, people just started figuring it out, you know, or sometimes they went to locations that were a little more open. Oh, uh, you know, where the stores were a little more open or where, you know, the, the, the land was a little more open for them to stay on. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, because I think there was a time when the BLM land had some restrictions that, that they haven't, you know, I, I wasn't out West, which is where the majority of the BLM land is, um, Bureau of land management land, uh, where you can stay for 14 days, uh, for free. Uh, and so at that point there was, um, I'm sure that there was some questions, but uh, but at the beginning, I think there was questions. But just like we always do, I mean, we figure it out. So okay, I don't know. Did that answer your question? I think it does. Um, you know, I think it um, it's probably not that different than people living in homes. I mean, the way you explain it, they're, they just um, have more options. Like you've thought yeah. about more options than probably people think about when they're in their home and just um, store up toilet paper or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you, obviously you couldn't stockpile a lot. Uh, one of my friends have a saying that has a saying that van life makes the hard things simple and some of the things a little more challenging. So sometimes you do have to figure out where I'm going to poop. You got to figure out a few things that you don't when you're in the sticks and bricks. Um, but it also simplifies so many things sometimes that, that, that weighs on us. One of my sayings is the heaviest weight you'll carry is mental clutter. Oh, and sometimes that's one thing about this life is there's not quite as much mental clutter, um, because the clutter is actually stimulating. How do I fix this and do this and do that versus, you know, just, when you have things, those things need to be taken care of and weigh on your mind. So, uh, but anyways, if I ever, if I ever don't answer what you're, you know, cause obviously by now, you know, I like to talk. Uh, so if I ever don't answer something, you tell me, you know, say, Hey, back up. You didn't quit. You didn't quite answer that. So, well, this next one, um, could also happen if you live in a home. Um, but, um, do you worry about your vehicle being someone breaking into it uh, or stealing it maybe while you're out hiking? I mean, that would be equivalent to someone breaking into your home or maybe a fire destroying it. I mean, you could lose everything. I One of the first things that you learn is to have an emergency fund. And so you, you, you start putting funds back as best you can. Um, you know, it's never foolproof. You never have an entire emergency fund, uh, meaning that, you know, if, if you lost everything, oh, uh, you would, you probably don't have enough put back. I don't know of anybody that I, that I know that has enough put back that if they lost everything, they could replace everything in one fell swoop. Oh, uh, however, it's like when I rebuilt Dorothy and took her all the way back down to metal you just know there's a confidence in in most of the people in the community that I have met and in myself. And I've had this confidence even when I lived in sticks and bricks, I will figure it out. Um, you know, if, if I lost Dorothy tomorrow, uh, for whatever reason, whether it was mechanical or whether somebody stole her 
or or whatever. Um, you know, you know, I went through, I went, uh, I stayed in Dorothy during a cat, Category One hurricane in Galveston, um, and yes, it rocked and rolled. But uh, you know, if if she had gotten, if she had floated away and I had survived, uh, then I would just figure it out. I would just, you know, okay, so what's next now? You know, I mean, what what do I do now? Um, I, I'm not, you know, it's it's. I think it's the concept of minimal, minimalism that um, that you don't try to become as attached to things. Uh, and so if you lose a thing, you still have your life, you still have you, which means I can find other things to replace it. I can find another thing. I may not ever find another Dorothy. I'm talking to you, baby. I'll never find another you. <laughs> but... I will. I would find another another way to, to to make things work. So, you know, the other thing that I think is huge in this lifestyle is you have to trust your intuition. You have to trust your gut. And so, if I had pulled into parking lots that looked safe, and my gut said nope, and I drove a little farther till I found something else, um, and then I have pulled into ones that did not look safe and my intuition was like we're staying here tonight and so we did uh, same thing with people i meet people and i trust my intuition and uh and so i try not to put myself in a situation where i have to worry about getting broke into in the middle of the night um you know and but without going into details because i, I don't think that's wise for any of us to do um we all have measures uh that we you know that that if we if we find ourselves in that situation um i happen to not be someone that carries a firearm i have no problem with it uh, but um i also you know i know i know that if if something happened if you know if i got um, a negative experience that my my whole thing would simply be okay how do i survive this uh, more so than how do i protect all this I've always lived by the philosophy: if somebody wants to steal something from me, they needed it worse than me, and I'll go find I'll go find something else. Oh, and so I, it does. It's just not something I allow to take up space in my mind. Okay. Again, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but sure. I there there. I think there's not really any answers because they're open-ended, just based on your mm -hmm. experience. It's just. Um, some things that people have listed as things they think of as negative exactly. might yeah. be a part of the van life. Um, yeah. Temperature control. Um, so I think that is probably something that you've experienced with, um, you know, it being hot or cold and um, maybe difficult to control that to a, a comfortable level. Um, mm -hmm. But then you said you put on like all the clothes that you had. When it was exactly. cold and went on. So, again, it seems like problem solving is your theme here of everything. It, it very much is. And I am I am in some ways considered crazy even by people in this lifestyle. I don't have an air conditioner. I mean, I have the air conditioner of my van, uh, which I hardly ever turn on. I have the heater of my van, which I hardly ever turn on. Uh, but I don't have an air conditioner. Um I and I and I live. I have lived. I lived in Galveston, Texas last year with no air conditioner. 
I would, you know, let my, my van doors be open um, to try to keep the heat from building up throughout the day. Uh, and then I have a fan, which when I have electricity, I do have the fans. Uh, and then I have a little small heater that will knock the chill off uh, if it's cold. Um, but again, I don't know. I don't know exactly how people are going to take this, but you know, I'm. I, I feel like. I feel like a lot of times this life, this lifestyle is very much becoming one with with nature and the environment oh meaning that you know when i am outside oh and it is warm then i'm there and it gets warm and i adjust to it almost like the frog in the boiling pot that doesn't jump off because they are out because they don't realize it's hot yet oh your body just sort of adjusts to it oh you know the most difficult times is if you do spend some time away from the van in air conditioner environment and then come back to the the, the heat oh um, that sometimes is, is a little difficult but it is i mean you know i mean hey you know talk to me in july and august in tucson arizona and i might have a different <laughs> different answer for you but right now i mean right now i mean it's still it's the 80s in the evenings i turn my fan on and sleep under a cover Oh, uh, and so it's still, you know, it, it, it's still temperature control is what works for you. And that's where I said the chasing 75 degree weather. I know people that they'll not leave Arizona all year long, but they just go up or down the mountain. So they'll get elevation during the summer to keep it cool. And then they'll come down the mountain during the winter to keep it from being too cold and, and have some heat. So there's options. The beauty about having a steering wheel in your van, in your house is you can move your house where it needs to be. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, when I lived in Florida, you know, every time a, a hurricane got in the Gulf, you know, I just would keep an eye on it and, and I would move my house wherever I needed it to be. Oh, uh, whereas if you have a sticks and bricks, it's sort of hard to carry your house farther inland if you need to. Oh, uh, so, so, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Oh, well, this next one I, I find interesting because um, it's something that Matt and I have discussed before pertaining to the ocean and um, living there. How, um, you know, do people like it's nice to visit, but if you live there, would you like lose appreciation for it? So one of the things that um, people listed as negative was that they felt like uh, van life was a permanent vacation and that after a while it just lost the appeal of being that way because it was your new normal so do you find I know you can move from place to place but even that um, do you find like it takes something away from the adventure of it because it's like you're on a, an adventure all the time I appreciate that. That's a that's a good question. Um, my experience is a little different. I haven't done the travel every day thing other than my short trips, uh, and even my short road trips. Um, you know, I went down and spent you know most of a week uh, in Tampa. I went up and spent you know several days in Louisville. Came out and spent several days you know in in Austin, Texas. So there was still sort of a destination, almost like a vacation, more so than trying to hit every national park to where every day you may be traveling a little bit uh, except when you're there so 
my experience has been different. I, I lived in Pensacola for two and a half years. And then when I go to a campground, I'm there for six months minimum. In this case, it'll be over a year. Uh, and so it, there is a little more of a location thing. Um, and so maybe maybe I don't, maybe I haven't experienced that uh, where I lost the idea that it was a vacation. I think, I think I, when I moved into my, my vehicle, I moved into it with the mindset, this is where I'm living. I didn't move into it with the mindset of I'm going on vacation or I'm going on a, a I'm just going on an adventure that has an end date that has a, a I, now I got to get back to regular life. Oh, I went into it with the mindset of, you know, this is life now. And so maybe I didn't go into it with the mindset of a permanent vacation. Um, you know, but I will say, and there's a meme that floats around on, on the social media sites that says, you know, build a life that doesn't make you want to take a vacation from it. Oh, uh, that is sort of what I've done. Oh, uh, I've built a life that I don't feel like I need a vacation from it. Oh, uh, but it's not a permanent vacation. It is just a life of adventure that I love. Uh, so in my case, yeah, I haven't, I, you know, the, the shine hasn't come off the ball. The honeymoon period is still here, uh, five <laughs> years running. Um, but, uh, but again, I think, I think, you know, a lot of it is the, the mental stimulation of problem solving, uh, the being able to go and see something if I wanted to, you know, move on to a different place. Um, you know, the freedom, um, you know, freedom's my favorite word in the English language. And so it is, um, you know, you, you definitely have freedom. Oh, uh, you know, and, and, and just like anything else, you cannot have freedom as well. I think a lot of times freedom is a mindset as much as it is circumstances. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I've known people, you know, that were free um, in a very confined space. Uh, but they were they were just as free as if they were not in that confined space. Oh, uh, and so I think freedom is a, a mental thing. So, no, I, I don't I don't see that now. I'm not saying again, this is my experience. I'm not saying that there haven't been people that when they moved into their vehicle, oh, uh, felt like, OK, I'm going on an adventure. And then when it became work, uh, when it became, OK, I still got to do a lot of the things, you know, logistically wise that I do in my house, uh, my sticks and bricks house, um, the shine might have come off pretty quick. And then be like, you know, and, and again, like I said, like my friend said, you know, it makes a lot of the hard things simple. Uh, but, and then some of the simple things more challenging. Uh, and so sometimes that that sometimes that does take the shine off a little bit. Um, but it hasn't for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still I'm still very, uh, very much uh, in the honeymoon phase with with this lifestyle. So. Well, um, Matt. That's um, the last of my thing on the negative list. So, um, was there anything that you wondered about still? Yeah. So, um, I know that, like in certain places, like out in California, they're starting to regulate uh, where people can park overnight and that sort of thing. Um, have you seen any of that or I mean I know you talk to a lot of people online and stuff I mean are people noticing that more and more that you know having 
you know, finding places to park and that sort of thing are an issue? Yes and no. Um, you know, I think that the thing about it is, and, and this might be a miscon- misconception, not everybody that lives in a van or lives nomadically uh, does it to travel or does it to, to um, not everybody or digital nomads, meaning that they work on the road. You know, they're able to work without having a location, right. uh, you know, which, which, you know, not all of them are remote workers. Some people live in their van and live in the same city like I did in, in Pensacola, uh, and their job is local. Um, right. And so for those people, if their local area starts cracking down on things, then yeah, that would that would definitely be a detriment. Um, but for a lot of people, you just move to somewhere else. You just find a more conducive area. Right. Um, and so and so yeah, there there has been there. I think I've I've heard a little bit of chatter uh, about some things. Oh, uh, but but there again, you know, sometimes you. you I hate to keep uh, it is definitely the thing you figure it out yeah you know you just and and i think i think that that is that has probably been the most eye-opening thing uh about being oh uh, in this lifestyle is the challenge of figuring things out and that it is not something that you ever sort of sit down and go okay now i got it all figured out right um which is true in life in general. We never have it all figured out, but I think we sometimes insulate ourselves with some lifestyles to where we feel like, you know, we can rest on our laurels a little bit. Um, you know, but life has a way of knocking you off your perch. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> so I mean, uh, as far as finding places to park, I haven't experienced that. Oh, uh, but I'm very respectful also, meaning that, you know, if I there, there's different websites and different places you can go to that will say, okay, this Cracker Barrel is available for overnight parking, or this Walmart is or isn't. Right. Oh, uh, and so I'm not going to push the limits on those. Right. You know, if if it says no, then I respect that. I'm not going to you know do that. Oh, uh, you know, if I was in a a location that you know that was saying, okay, we don't want overnight parking here. Oh, um, I'm I'm not going to park there. You right. know, I'm going to go find somewhere where I can. Um, in in most cases, in most cases, we we you know the community is not. Um, we may there may be a certain rebellious nature in all of us uh, that I don't want to discount. Uh, but there's also you know very much a live and let live. So why instigate a situation that causes me not to be able to live free? So therefore. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go figure it out in a different way, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 still live free. Um. So if like, I mean, do you have any good resources for people who are interested in doing this? Like, I know my son is, uh, you know, he's been talking about it, uh, getting into van life and stuff. Um, any good resources you can give us for, uh, you know information the the number one resource that i used is the university of youtube yeah. um, <laughs> youtube you know uh, seriously and i still i still have it on my on my my old phone um you know or my old youtube account i literally had a file that was youtube fan build videos and i had a notes 
for okay at three minutes and 12 seconds this dude had a good idea about a a desk right you know at one minute and nine seconds look here for insulation and so i could then sort through the videos based on what i needed and then just skip to that part and look at it you mm -hmm. know uh but yeah it, it is probably the best of uh, that in in you know we I feel like I, I feel like I'm I'm speaking for van life sometimes maybe more than I should because every one of us are individuals. Mm -hmm. We all have our own motivations for doing this. We all have our own logistics about it. Uh, we have our own personalities. Sure. Um, but the majority of van life people I have met is very much a good mixture uh, between extrovert and introvert. Uh, but most of us have a solitude spirit, meaning that we would. We, we don't mind being alone. We don't mind getting away from people and right. the hustle and bustle and sort of checking out of what is quote unquote normal. Um, and so sometimes that means that, and I'm going, I'm going somewhere with this. Sometimes that means that when you reach out to someone, they may not respond mm -hmm. or they may not respond timely, or they may just not want to have the conversation. Even you pull into a parking lot and you see other people that are obviously living your lifestyle. You just, give them the benefit of a doubt that they do or don't want to talk right. you know i've had very good experiences and i've had experiences where i would you know say something and and immediately i realized this person doesn't want to have a conversation and so you just move on mm -hmm. um so the reason i said all of that is youtube but then also if you want to get on social media and start you know doing some hashtags and finding people oh uh, and then and then just have conversations with them you know, I mean, just definitely, I mean, just reach out to them. I don't, I can't tell you how many people that I, that I made friends with. Oh, uh, and, and even my trip out from Texas to here, I went by and, and uh, spent the night, uh, at, at a location for, you know, one of my van, one of my van life friends that I followed for years. Oh, uh, we'd never met in purpose, person. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we met and, and stayed there in our vans. Oh, uh, and then, uh, and then I moved on the next day, you know, cause I was taking my trip out here. Oh, uh, and so, and so a lot of times you do have that freedom, uh, or you do have that ability to talk to people and they're, they're most of the time you will find people that are more than willing to help you live this lifestyle, to give you advice, to give you their experience and their perspective on things. Um, then more so than you will find people that aren't and even the people that aren't a lot of times it's situational they may just be going through something right now that makes them not want to have the conversation right oh uh, so you give them the benefit of a doubt again live and let live but yeah definitely you too definitely reaching out to people that's living the lifestyle um and then oh uh, there is there is a few very well-known personalities in the community um, you know, Bob Wells being one of them with, you know, um, oh, his website and then, oh, which just the, my, the, 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 the website just absolutely skipped my mind right now. Um, but, um, I think it's RV living. But yeah, Bob, Bob Wells is, you know, and he does a, a rendezvous every January called the rubber tramp rendezvous, <laughs> rendezvous, the RTR. Oh, uh, oh, trust me. I mean, it is, it is. It exploded for the years, uh, and they actually do seminars at the RTR to teach you about living in a van, how to mm. cook, how to do this, how to do that, you know, how to how to hook up so solar, 
a lot of times people come there with a lot of their stuff in their van and they find people to help them actually build their van out where they're there. Wow. Uh, they actually have a, a organ, a nonprofit organization that, uh, that builds vans for people that needs them. Oh, huh. uh, and so there's, you know, it's, it's, it's a community and, and that may sound weird because we don't live across the fence from somebody, right. but it is a community. I have felt more at home in this community than anywhere I've lived in a sticks and bricks. Um, you know, I grew, uh, other than my childhood, my childhood, I remember you went outside, you played until daddy came home, uh, whoever's yard you were in that mama fed you. Right. Then you, then you, then you came home when, when all the uh, vehicles started coming home, daddy started coming home from work. Uh, you know, we would go, we would go eat and then go back outside till dark. Yeah. You know, so I lived in that kind of small town environment. Oh, um, I have that same feeling in this environment, even though my friend that I met that got me into KOAs, um, when we lay, when I left Louisville, I looked across the, 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 the hood of my van and I said, girl, I said, I may never see you again in this lifetime. I said, but you're part of my tribe. Oh, hmm. uh, and, and that is, that is the way we are. We don't say goodbye. Most of the time we say, see you down the road. Mm-hmm. So, um, is, so I know you, you built your van and stuff, um, you know, and spent, uh, considerable amount of time doing that uh what do you think about the i mean the popularity of you know vans and uh you know rvs and stuff has exploded in the last couple years and the prices are ridiculous and stuff but uh i mean would you trade dorothy for like a fully decked out sprinter van no I would not. At okay. this point, at this point in my experience, I would not. Oh, and and you know, yeah, there are conveniences. I can't stand up here. She's not a high top van. Right. Um, you know, and I and I'm not a tall guy. I'm five six, so I can actually extend my legs and and you know, and and, and pull my pants on and things like that, and still be able to to function. Right. Oh, but I am a good height to be able to live this lifestyle. To be honest with you. Um, but in a sprinter van, I would be able to, to, to do that. I'd be able to stand up. I'd be able to move around. Oh, if it was decked out, I would have conveniences and everything right. that I don't have, you know, in this van. Yeah. Exactly. You know, <clears throat> uh, which is, which is stuff that I may, you know, figure out, uh, ways to do that in here. Oh, uh, but, um, no, I wouldn't. Oh, uh, and, and, and that's me. I have nothing against the people that goes and buys a fully decked out van and enters the lifestyle right that is their choice that is their lifestyle oh that is what they want you know i i have no problem pulling up next to somebody that has you know that's dropped a hundred thousand dollars in their van (laughs) or more and hey or more (laughs) oh you know and i'm talking about not just the buying the van the 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 different things yeah i mean they may have spent you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars. i don't know i don't even know i haven't even checked the prices i spent forty five hundred dollars on dorothy and i don't know you know maybe another Fifteen hundred to two thousand, and the different stuff that I put in. I don't even know if I spent that much. That right. much. I mean, I, the wood I, was probably the most expensive, and so well, uh, well, the insulation was the most expensive, and then the wood. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, you know, it's just. But that's me again. That is that is my perspective. I wouldn't do it. Now, are there people that would do it? A hundred percent. Yeah. And you sure. know what? I'll pull up right next to them and fellowship with them any day of the week. No problem. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're at about oh, an hour and 20 minutes here. Uh, Kat, you want to do one more question before we 
Uh, um, I, I think we should just do the cat and Matt question and there, let that be your... Okay, so we started this thing last season where um, uh, Kat and I both came up with a question and uh, uh, you get to choose who you, whose question you want us to ask, um, but we don't tell you the question first. Oh, okay. Alrighty. That makes it a little more intriguing. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> so, uh... Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to pick Cat. Cat Cat pulled me onto this thing, so uh, <laughs> you know we, we, we met through Facebook, and uh, so yeah, Cat, give me your question. Okay, so my question is, and of course these questions may or may not relate to anything you talked about, but of course, um, yeah. My question is, what is the craziest thing you've ever done in the name of love? Ooh, craziest thing I've ever done in the name of love. Oh, my goodness. See, I was married 18 years. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's a good question. That's a really, really good question. Because um, I, I haven't done any, like, relocating for love. Um, although, like I said, I would. Uh, so that may end up. You asked me this question a year from now. It may be. It may be. Well, the craziest thing I did was packed up and drove across country. Uh, you know. Um, but um, but I haven't done that yet. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. I really craziest thing I've done in the name of love. Um. And this is weird because I really do, I, I, you know, I pay attention to details, and I'll go by and, you know, get the favorite candy bar and all those kind of things. Um, you know, I, you know, I do know, you know, I created a meal, uh, playlist, all that kind of stuff for somebody one night. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a romantic. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just who I am. Uh, yeah, I do cry at com at rom coms, so you know that's that's you know. Uh, I'll I'll cry at rom coms, and then I'll also you know go watch a UFC fight. So I mean, I, you know, it's it's just sort of like the whole you know the whole thing, um, you know the 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 point warrior type thing. Um, you know, I've written, you know, written poems for people uh, for for women. Um, I mean, did you stand up? I mean. Like window and you know recite them or <laughs> yeah. no i haven't you know i mean i you know um i have recited them before um but uh oh my goodness i am i am stumped on this one um <laughs> See, and, and you know mine. what <laughs> it, it, i probably should have uh, but you know a lot of it may be maybe because you know i haven't dated a lot i've you know i've been you know, I've, I've sort of went from relationship to relationship. I've probably dated more uh, since 2013, or really 2014, um, than I than I ever did earlier in life, uh, even even as a teenager. Oh, uh, and so oh, uh, 
Okay, so this is going. To be, this is this has got to be it. This is probably Your final the craziest answer. thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this this is going to be my final answer. Oh, and it's it, it's a how oh, Lord, it's a sappy romantic thing. Um, but um, well, trust me. Um, so I, I was dating <laughs> someone, and it was long distance. Um, we actually knew each other before I moved uh, to Florida. And then after I moved to Florida, it was like, okay, yeah, I think we do want to date. Uh, we were just friends before then. And so now we're, you know, five and a half, six hours away from each other. Uh, and so um, and so one of the things she enjoyed doing after she dropped her boys off to, to, at, at school was she would uh, go by a park and she would sit in the swing. And she just enjoyed swings. And so, uh, and, and there were times that, you know, we would talk while she was in the swing or whatever, you know. And so there was a day that I was just like, okay, listen, let's, let's have a date. Yeah, I know you're there and I'm here and everything said, but, you know, let's have a date. You go to, you go to a park, find your swing. And, and I knew which park she went to. I knew which swings she normally sat on. Uh, so you go there and said, you know, and then, and then I'll find a park. And uh, and we'll we'll have a swing date. Yeah, you know, we'll be swinging in the in the swings, and we'll talk, and we'll have a date. You know. And so she was like, "All right, that's cool." You know. And so and so she um, you know, dropped her boys off at school, and poured into her park, and there I was. Uh, so I had drove six hours to come up, and so I was at her park. Uh, and so we did. We got in the swings, and we swung, and we had a swing date. And so uh, and so that was probably that's probably the craziest thing. Um, that I can think of right off the top of my head. Uh, I'll think of about seven thousand dollars between now and the end of the end of the day. Um, but uh, but yeah, as far as as far as in the name of love, romantic love like that, uh, that that would be that would have to be it. Yeah. Aww. All right, I have. I, answer are you going to ask your question anyways? No, no. I, I, oh, okay. I just have one one. Uh, final question okay <laughs> and it's not that difficult um so i mean i've traveled around the country quite a bit um you know probably from california to new york and uh you, so the pla of the places that you've been do you find that they meet your expectations of what you thought they would be like or i mean is it like uh you have to see them in person because they don't match what you what you imagine them to be. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Which is not where I thought you were headed with that. I thought you were going to ask the "What's the favorite place you've ever been?" question. <laughs> and I and I get and I get that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and my my answer to that one is wherever my feet are. Right. Oh, uh, and that's that's you know I I have seen some amazing things, but you know wherever my feet is, that's my favorite place. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, um, as far as meeting expectations, you know, Niagara Falls exceeded it so much. Oh, it was just, it was just, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Tampa is a, it, Tampa is a town that, you know, it will not surprise me somewhere in my lifetime if I ever spend some time in Tampa, like extended period of time. I absolutely love Tampa. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Galveston was amazing. Um, and so, I have I try not to have a lot of expectations. Right. Um, I I'm not one that tends to do like okay we're taking a trip here let me do a whole lot of research about it. Right. Um, I don't you know I grew up 
you know, in, in North Alabama, and we would go to the Smoky Mountains almost every year, sometimes multiple times during the years. I, I consider it so almost a second home. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and it's so breathtaking. Um, yet I went across oh from Carlsbad, New Mexico, over to Alamogordo, New Mexico, and I had to go through a little place called Snowcroft, and it is um way higher elevation than anywhere in the Smoky Mountains. It was the highest elevation that I've been on the planet. Right. Um, and so the the mountains out here have been breathtaking. Uh, so, so far, I can't think of any. Well, I, I'll tell you what. There is one place, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. Uh, there is one place that I went to that my expectations were, were dashed. Um, and... I grew up reading the first biography I ever remember reading as an elementary school kid uh, was on Sam Houston. And uh, and I remember I did a book report on Sam Houston, same book, three years in a row, you know, second, third and fourth grade. Right. Sorry, teachers. Um, <laughs> you know, I probably should have read a new book. But anyways, <laughs> lo- loved it, loved it. And, you know, and I don't remember anything about the book. I really don't remember the cover. I don't remember the title of the book. I don't remember anything. Right. It's my favorite book ever because it got me hungry to read. Uh, it, it inspired me to be a reader. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and so and so, but so Sam Houston um, was at the Alamo. Right. And so on my trip out here, I went by the Alamo, and um, in my mind, for some reason, again, I hadn't done the research and all the other stuff, but in my mind, the Alamo was just like this place. I mean, just this. And it was in my mind, it was a fort. It was right. like this fort that these folks hold up in, and they withstood as long as they could, and then they died. And you know, I mean, it just it was just magical, romantic place. And it's not that when you go to it. It's in the <laughs> middle of San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, it is a small mission. It was never a fort. It was just a little mission. Yeah. Um, you know, and and one of the things I love to do is put myself in wherever the hist whatever place of history i'm in i try to put myself and close my eyes and think and try to put myself in their shoes at the time and i struggled with doing that for some reason i don't know if it was the traffic and everything else but i struggled with doing that uh, at the alamo uh so you know so you know i hate to say it but that probably has been the only place that has somewhat um oh not met my expectations um even though I enjoyed the history of it and the reading of the plaques and the things like that and learned a lot uh, and learned that my expectations were wrong. Yeah. Uh, and maybe maybe that that was the lesson, if nothing, if anything else, uh, that I came away from it is, you know, don't have those expectations. Just enjoy it for what it is in the moment uh, and then try to imagine it what it, what it was then and not try to reconcile the two you know they can be two completely different things and still be great experiences mm-hmm. all right cat uh final thoughts i really enjoyed hearing this um story uh, the backstory of how you got into this lifestyle and your perspective about going forward and just how you make it work um there's a lot of information in there that can apply no matter where you're living or what lifestyle and um, you know I love the swing date story too so um, (laughs) yeah so I I, want to thank you for coming on and being our guest today for sure 
Well, I thank you all for having me. Uh, so thank you, Matt. Thank you, Kat. Uh, Gypsy J, and I hate to refer to myself in third person, but I have enjoyed this, and so has Dorothy. Dorothy has been right here. So. <laughs> yes, Dorothy. What pictures, of course. Yes, definitely. All right, and on that note, we will end this podcast. We thank you for being here, and uh, you know, come on back and see us again sometime soon. Will do. Thank uh, you. All right. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com, or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com, or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.